In this episode of the Unfolded Soul Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast, I got a lot of the right, wrong folks leaving, but I'm looking around and I see some of the uh, right, right people leaving. What's going on with that? Girl, he reads from these journals he kept when he was a principal. Uncut and uncensored, putting all his business in the street. The podcast, Bless His Heart. The name, Ken Williams. What made this day interesting and challenging was the fact that I discovered several surprises on the transfer resignation list. I'm always one to preach that I don't begrudge anyone who wants to leave my school, but I have to admit that I began taking some of this personally yesterday. I know part of it was thinking that some of the wrong people want to leave, which is okay, but I also began questioning my own possible false sense of saviorism. I don't know. What I did do was talk with one of the teachers who was leaving, one of the right teachers. And she happens to be one of my very best. And for a few minutes, I felt directly responsible. I mean, in a way that I didn't want to be responsible. I tried to shake the feeling because deep down, you know, I know better. But I ended up talking with her and I felt better afterwards because it turns out that she's leaving for a variety of other reasons. In any event, I'm going to need to do some intensive recruiting for the coming school year. I've got a ton of openings, and this is the first time I'm working in a system that is not the top dog. Montgomery County Public Schools got the cream off the top and left the others to the rest of it. Here in Clayton, I'm getting sloppy seconds and thirds, and in some cases, fourths. I'm a bit anxious, but convinced that people will buy me. People will buy me in the context of this school being reborn, rebuilt, and resurrected. All right, we got a little bit to unpack here, and I'm definitely going to chalk this reflection up to boy wisdom of the year so first off i know i've grown in the past 14 years to understand that in general life is complex and rarely are things just black and white so i know that uh, during the time of you know the transfer list being done during my principalship i may have been oversimplifying things in this way you know, if if you are the kind of teacher who, for whatever reason, didn't see this as a fit, because I maintain when you are part of the DNA of that school, it's not for everybody. I used to, I used to tell my friend uh, Wanda, everybody can't do this thing. And she would quote me year after year on that. Like, everybody can't do this thing. Leading schools is tough enough. Working at schools is tough enough. But working at that school, there's just an extra layer of something you need. And not everybody has it, and that's okay. But I kind of oversimplify things. Like if you were, you know, a teacher who, you know, had the right type of mindset and you wanted what was best for kids, that you'd want to be at this school. Even though we were the hot mess express at the time. And if you'd grown accustomed to the status quo, which, you know, had you loving our babies but 
they're not achieving anything, then this is not the place for you. So again, as as a lot of a lot of people who I was hoping would leave started to leave, I started to get see some names on there that kind of hurt my damn feelings a little bit. And I talked to this one teacher, and you know, she told me it was for a variety of other reasons. She didn't really get into a, a lot of specifics. Now, years later, I have a feeling uh, that part of the reason she left is because she didn't feel supported with an incident that happened at the school that you know involved a student in her classroom and this student happened to be from a family with a well-earned reputation of scrape crazy scrape s-k-r-a-i-t scrape crazy and his parents earned it and I, I, I believe I did an episode last season where I almost missed an opportunity to do what's best for this student because of the way the parents presented all the time. It was, you almost had to blow them off half the time. You, you couldn't like take on every single thing they were saying because it just seemed so over the top. But this one time it wasn't. And something in my spirit just said, uh, look into this a little more. And as I did, you know, something unfortunate happened in the class. It was nothing career ending, but it was definitely... Uh, out of character for this teacher but I mean listen this is life should you live long enough everybody's gonna do stuff that's out of character but the scuttlebutt you know long after this season was that you know she didn't feel supported that was you know it's tough for me to hear tough for me to absorb but I also understand that I'm not a you know I'm not a you know, you talk about like a player's coach who's all about the players. I'm, I'm not a, a, a student's principal. I'm not a staff's principal. I'm just I'm just trying to do what's best for our school. And sometimes I'm going to need to turn rocks over uh, with educators. And sometimes I have to turn them over with our parents. And I'm going to base it on what's right, not trying to protect anything. Also, it's important in leadership to balance, have a balance of both uh, like reflection and rationalization you know some of my stronger teachers deciding to leave definitely made me question myself even though I don't think I was the answer for all of it but I took the time to question myself I just I just didn't rationalize well you know they don't want to be a part of something that's going to be challenging or they don't want to be part of this rebirth or it's not for everyone I really did I really did sit down and really think about things and and in fact talk with several of them as I'm as I'm reviewing you know reflecting on this episode in my career I talked with several but the one I noted in the journal entry she was damn near my best teacher she was she was a badass for real and in a school that is struggling with a K S K R U G G L I N G baby when you struggling you can't afford to lose your best teachers, right? I came from a district where, like, I, like I've said before, if if one of my teachers whispered audibly that she was thinking about transferring, I'd get fifty resumes in the inner office mail. Like, I'd I'd have folks beat my door down, and I was at a school that was plateaued and not on anybody's radar. Like that. That's how. That's how this district was perceived. But now I'm at a school that, you know, the opposite uh, reputation and 
performance. So that was really challenging. Now, the, the very last thing I'm going to get to is something that I, I still see in schools all over as I coach leaders across North America, and that is the challenge of the staffing season. And the title of this podcast episode is The Devil You Know or The Devil You Don't Know. And this title has you know, implications for a lot of aspects of life. When I listen to, you know, friends and family and, you know, the older I get, the more of an OG I become, I guess, when people come to me for advice or counsel or guidance or anything like that. And you find people who are unhappy with their work. Um, You know, I don't do a whole lot with relationships, but I can speak to work. When people aren't happy with their job or their position or something they're doing and you know, I understand that, you know, change isn't easy, but I always go to what is it you can control? And as tough as it is at times to to make this kind of change, this is America. And I'm continually amazed when people, you know, work, you know, jobs and careers that they're miserable with for fear of running into something worse as a result of the change. And I find this phenomena existing in schools with principals when it's time for the hiring season. I'm asked often, you know, to describe a person, and I'm exaggerating, but you, you think like, you know, this person is not about kids, uh, falls asleep at her desk, um, uh, cusses parents out, you know, just, uh, you know, but my point is, I know I'm, I'm being hyperbolic here, but my point is I have principals just describe like six different areas of blatant underperformance blatant misalignment with the culture blatant misalignment with the mission and it's like they ask like what do I do and if I'm on a zoom call I always hold up a pen and a piece of paper I was like it's time to put pen to paper you got to move them I mean if 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 you've if you've done the requisite amount of of coaching and provided uh, feedback with support on how to stem the tide and turn things around this is assuming that this person you perceived as coachable then it's time to put pencil to paper you got to move them. And I know, I'm the first to tell you, listen, I I, I came from, you know, I, I, I brag a lot about, you know, the reputation of my former district, but at the same time, to move people out of there, they were so union heavy, it, it, it took an act of Congress to do it. But it didn't excuse me from doing it. And I find too many leaders, you know, vacillating on what to do next and we end up passing the trash you know trying to switch grade levels and you got to talk you know you got to talk fourth grade and why uh miss dumfrey coming to join your team and that's really because second grade had to endure three years of 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 her slacking ass and now you moving her to fourth grade uh thinking that that's a solution that's not a solution that's not a solution you got to get them coached up or you got to counsel them out my mantra was, let me help you find the fit for you, right? Because you, this ain't the fit. And I don't mean passing to another school either, because I've had that happen to me too. You have to counsel folks out. Now, if other schools decide they want to interview that person and they don't do their due diligence, that's on them. But I've had that happen to me. Somebody, you know, sprayed this teacher with all sorts of uh, fragrances, Chanel number number five and Gina Tay and all this shit and and. and talked her up and sent her rec- let me stop I'm not talking to family right now but you are family sent her to me and within 
a week. I was like, what in the hell is this? Oh, I was so mad at that principal. Ugh. She just had the okie doke on me. So you gotta put pen to paper, man. And you gotta trust that you're gonna attract people. This is the last thing I'll say about this. Because I know, I know firsthand um, how anxiety-ridden that can be. Like I said, I came from a district where, I mean, it was a, just a, a wealth of applicants. And now I'm here in Atlanta. And, um, you know, Atlanta's got several major school districts. And we are at the bottom. You know, we're at the bottom of the great Atlanta area. And yet, I knew during my first year, there was no way we're going to move to change things and move forward the way we need to with this current staff. I knew that, but I'm not going to lie. It scared the shit out of me sometimes. The prospect of moving people out and then having to attract people to this place. It really did. But I kept just going back to this idea, like you ever meet someone who, you ever meet those teachers, those colleagues who you know, if you pick them up and drop them someplace else a thousand miles from here, they would be successful or you hear business owners or you see business owners who build a business, they either sell the business or whatever what happens, but you know they have the goods to build it again or you know that person who tries something, fails, but you know all they need is within them so they're going to be able to repeat that process. That's the way I had to think and it was not easy and I'm not trying to make it sound like it's easy. I know it wasn't easy. We had I'm not going to get into because I don't want to play a spoiler, but we had, we had 31 positions to fill that summer. That summer. And so I understand it. But again, you are the biggest advocate. You are the, not the biggest advocate, you are the uh, most influential advocate in terms of um, in terms of personnel at the school. Right? The teacher's the biggest influence, right? You spend the most hours with that teacher. But you have the biggest influence on who those kids get. And who they get is a huge determinant of whether or not they have a world-class experience. So, you have to take a chance on the devil you don't know. Take a chance on the devil you don't know. I'm not going to tell you everything fell into place perfectly. But I'm telling you, we were better off going into that second year than we were our first year. But if you want me to, you know tell you this you know romantic story that all the positions were filled uh, by the last day and we started school just hitting the ground running I can't tell you that you're going to hear some future episodes where I made a couple of mistakes here and there kind of doubting what I'm telling you right now and I paid for it and I'm telling you you've got to trust that you have the goods that you can communicate the type of vision and if you've gotten to a point where you can have a team around you when those people are interviewing to communicate the type of vision where we're going have them look out past your current circumstances at your ideal future you've got to sell that you've got to sell that especially if you've got folks who are killing kids right now don't be afraid to put pen to paper you have to do that that's the blessed that's one of the blessed burdens of leadership is you got to put pen to paper and arrange the talent and expertise to deliver on the promise of equity and excellence for every student. Whoo! Boy, this one took me back. Took the brother back. 
I'm better for it, but uh, reading that entry and, and working through this episode put me right back in that very, very uncertain place where I had a choice between staying with the devil I knew, uh, and I don't mean devils, I mean devils, plural, baby, devils, or take a chance on the devil I didn't know. And I took that chance, and our students, our staff, our culture, our community was better for it. Start with the crown. I got a book coming, baby. My first solo author published book, Ruthless Equity, Disrupting the Status Quo and Ensuring Learning for All Students will be out in December of 2021. Go to RuthlessEquity.com to find out more. That's RuthlessEquity.com. On the next episode of the Unfold the Soul, Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast, I'll be the first to admit that our support professionals are often overlooked and easily forgotten, but when they're not good, they're right there in your face, baby. You've been listening to the Unfold the Soul, Bless His Heart Podcast with Ken Williams. For more information about Ken, visit unfoldthesoul.com.